Welcome to the Monsters and Treasure Podcast, where we talk way too long about a subject and just give you the best parts. I'm Daniel Norton of Bandit's Keep, here as always with K.R. King of D&D Homebrew. How you doing, K.R.? Just sitting here trying to figure out this puzzle. Whenever you're ready. You know, Daniel, it's interesting because in my, uh, my game I play, weekly game, live game, I had a whole uh, scenario set up and the players did basically everything wrong in this scenario. They made mistakes. They missed this clue. They, had the, they fought the wrong uh, monsters, as it were, these constructs. And I sort of had to really uh, scramble as a GM, kind of to avoid having the entire group trapped in this underground temple and lost forever. And, you know, they, they, it would kind of been the end of the campaign, the way I set things up, because they did literally everything wrong. And it's one of those things, how do you handle failure? Do you say to, the, you say to yourself, well, the players just failed at this, and they had every clue, or they did this. They're just they're just trapped, or the, the you know the campaign's over. You lose, or do you as a GM? Do you say, well, I've got to figure out a way that I am going to change things such that this failure isn't let's say catastrophic. It certainly costs them, but it isn't a total you know TPK uh, situation. Yeah, I think that's super interesting. In fact, I was just having a conversation with a friend of mine about this, and although I was referring to Call of Cthulhu, I, I had played in a Call of Cthulhu campaign. Years ago, and the keeper is called Keeper of the Secret Knowledge or something like that. So that's like the DM in Call of Cthulhu. They um, they were running a series of of Call of Cthulhu adventures. It wasn't one of like the long like uh, ones like Oriented Express or anything like that. So, but we failed a lot, <laughs> like a lot. Basically, they ran it as straight Call of Cthulhu the way it is. They didn't give us extra clues. We rolled for things. We did stuff. And people that play Call of Cthulhu are probably going to be like, "You don't really play like that." If you read the rules and you do it the way by the rules, this is how she ran it. And we often failed. You know, we'd be like over here investigating something. And then she'd be like, okay, well, you hear sirens, the 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 house, the town's on fire, you know, whatever. Cthulhu comes out of the ground. You know, it's usually more cultist or whatever. But we failed a lot. And but what then what she would do is she would at the end, she would go, this is what you should have done. Like this is this, this is what was going on. Because, we, you know, otherwise we'd just be like, what? What just happened? So it was kind of cool because you got the story of it. But she did not hold our hands. And. People will say that you should kind of do that. If you look at a system like Gumshoe, which is a lot of people's, uh, which is maybe the competition, I'll say, to Call of Cthulhu. For instance, in that game, you always find the clues. I mean, it's more nuanced than that. But like if you if you go someplace and there's a clue, you find it. How much you get from it, whatever, you roll for it. But basically, you find it. And I, that is to kind of overcome the the idea that like you're going to go into Call of Cthulhu, fail all your checks, not find anything and lose, right? So it's like a system was made so people didn't lose. At the same time, just wait finish. At the same time, uh, I've played with Call of Cthulhu keepers that kind of nudge you, right? They'll, they'll, you're stuck. You don't really know what to do. They'll be like, "Oh, you know, you can make an intelligence check or whatever," and they give you clues and stuff because they want it to carry forward, right? So, what is the better solution? And I think my question to you would be because you said the campaign would be over, but is the campaign about these characters? Is that how you you're running this campaign, or is the campaign about the world? Because couldn't a new set of characters just emerge or would that just not be satisfying you think for your group so how how do those clues how are those clues presented to the players because they're not right. in a room looking at things they're you're talking about it and they're asking mm -hmm. questions but they're not really there right and so right. there is a certain game mechanic situation with everything that did you present it quite the way that you would actually see it and this is just goes into something that can't be sure. you can't really come to a uh, uh, conclusion on this you know, so for instance, I think of like people talk about rules as written, and I think about like idea as written. I wrote it out this way, and right. I want to stick to that as much as possible. I don't want to be making changes based on what the players do because it can be 
unfair in different ways. It's unfair. Oh, they, they, I've talked before about the guy that had the twin brother sorcerer that came out <laughs> after we killed his sorcerer. And that's clearly, I'm like, that's a change because you're mad about something. Yeah. But also changing it to help the players. On the other hand, no, I don't think um, having the, if the players die, the baby have a TPK, it happens. I don't usually have it happen. I think of some clever way for them, to, one person to live or something. I don't know. But that's, so maybe that's me. I'm a softie for that. But I also think, did I explain it well enough? Did I, did I really give them, because they're not getting it. So is it their fault? Is it my fault? Or maybe it's somewhere in between. So let's think of a way to have that failure turn into something else, which is what I did when this, uh, this group uh, recently just failed miserably at everything. Uh, and it turned out to be an interesting thing. So I wasn't like saying, oh, it's totally their fault. It's partly mine, I suppose. Although when you're running, you're thinking these clues are so obvious. Why can't you figure it out? So <laughs> right. I guess that's it's a long way to explain that. What it's the mechanic of the game as much as it is the players doing a bad thing. Right. So, right. So when you hide. So this is a couple of interesting things here, because uh, I think game mechanics come into play here and also style of play and all, all this. Right. So when you lock, we'll call it or hide or put behind uh, something behind a roll, that means they can fail. If you have a DC five and they have a plus four, they could still roll a one. I mean, it can, you can do it. I mean, it can, they can fail. So the idea of having somebody roll for something that they need to succeed in is, uh, is problematic. I think as far as game design and adventure design. So, uh, oftentimes what I'll do is if they need to know something, I'll just make sure that it's not something they have to roll for. I look at the wall. Well, written on the wall is a, a clue. You know, it's like, I mean, I'm being super obvious, but like you don't go, well, roll to see perception to see if you make out the clue on the wall. It's like, it's there, right? So you could do that. But there's also the idea of like failing forward, which comes from, I don't know if it comes from, but it's it's mostly thought of in the uh, PBTA games where when you roll your dice, uh, you, and you fail, it's usually something that pushes the story forward, not necessarily the characters, right? So you try to throw your grappling hook up to the top of the wall and to climb over because that's what you want to do, right? So, because you want to get inside. So you throw it and you you fail. So instead, when it lands at the top, there's a guard right there. So they secretly tell somebody at the bottom, you're getting ready to climb up. Guards come out, they capture you. You're inside, just not the way you want it to be, right? So you failed forward, right? So it's like kind of like a adjusting the story so that when they do fail, and again, this is more of a storytelling uh, game versus more of a hard, you know, uh, okay, board game style, uh, you know, follow procedural like OSR game. So like, is that something we can use in our games? Do we, like, it sounds like that's what you did, right? They messed up or messed up. They didn't do the thing that you were hoping they were going to do. They didn't solve the clues, but then they were in a different place in the world and they were able to uh, move this story forward, even if not the exact way that maybe would have been ideal for the, for the characters. Exactly. And I, I thought, well, okay, they weren't going to, they weren't going to solve this. They weren't going to have the solution or the the course of story events based on what they did. And so I just created a whole nother scenario, which they were then immersed in. And it was a, it was an interesting um, a way to do this because I didn't want them trapped forever in this uh, tomb. That the, the, <laughs> okay, guys, you messed up these things because again, part of me is always like, did I, did I do this? And just what you're talking about moving the story forward. I hadn't thought about what if they fail, right. what if they fail every one of these things, how does the story going to move forward in a way that keeps the forward momentum? Is it just staring at each other for the until we starve to death in a crypt thousands of feet below the earth? Well, that might be the way it moves forward. And also, I think you're exactly on with 
making rolls. It's like the old adventure games where if you didn't find the computer games, if you didn't find the little briefcase that had the secret, you couldn't get to the next level. And you were just searching and searching and searching. And I would just give up on those games when that because I thought, well, I can't, I don't want to sit here and go through this all again. I missed something somewhere along the way. I'm always like, don't do that in a in a D and D game. If you if they didn't find something that was that was absolutely critical because they didn't do a role or they didn't look somewhere or whatever and they're just stuck, you gotta think of a another angle or whatever, because that's the way it would be in a, in a movie. You wouldn't just have a movie that's half an hour long and then they're trapped in an underground chamber. The end you'd be like, or at the end of two hours, you're the end. Maybe that's your comment on the existential situation that we're all in, but it's not very satisfying as a movie. Right. Right. So, and then I guess that comes back to one of the early things. And again, this is more like overall philosophy of how we run a campaign, right? Like if, if the player characters are the center of your, of your campaign, they're, they're, they're the heroes of the story. And, that's how you're running the game, which is a pretty common way to run the game. Then having them all just die in the tomb sucks, and like that would not be a very you good a good end, right? You'd have to figure out a way. You'd be like, all right, well, we're gonna have another group. Maybe they'll maybe maybe we jump forward a hundred years, and all this destruction has happened, and we start with the other group excavating that tomb and finding the old heroes, right? Something to that effect, right? You could do that. Or if you're running more of like a, an OSR style sandbox game. You just roll up new characters, put them on the other side of the world, and you just keep going. I mean, you just, it is what it is. The world is the campaign, not the characters. And you can, obviously, most campaigns are somewhere in the middle, right? Because not everybody, because people, there's this whole like trope where it's like, oh, you know, nobody dies, but clearly people die in 5e and based on your play reports and based on my playing. But, you know, it's not often that it's like characters are dying left and right and like the story is more. And that's not also true in OSR games either. But, you know, these are the tropes people put out there. Like what's important? Like where do what the players? I guess this is where it comes down to, right? Part of it is it's easy to just talk about it, right? We talked about that before. What we say and what we actually do at the table. You know, you got a bunch of players in front of you who have invested all this time in this part of the campaign, in this story, in this thing that's going on, and they're just running that one character. So if they just all die in in this tomb because they didn't do the thing that you had kind of prescribed they should do, that isn't satisfying. And I, and I would agree with that. As somebody who might be considered an OSR person, I would not want that to happen, even though I could very easily say, well, just roll new characters. That's not satisfying. I would probably end the campaign. I, I think I would. I mean, and I know that like that's blasphemy in the OSR, but I think my campaign would be over and I would just do something completely different if everybody died in a way that wasn't fulfilling for the group. I don't think that you'd be able to recover from that, right? It's like you, you have a, a really crappy situation. It's like, hey, next week we're going to just start over. Like, I think you just want to wipe the slate clean and just start from scratch at that point. Myself, anyways. I agree. And first of all, as someone that did play back then, and this was just in the Detroit area in the 70s and 80s, so I don't know what it is in other places when they played. We, of course, we played sandbox, homebrewed, all that stuff. Uh, we would incorporate modules and maps and all sorts of things. But basically, we just had our own world. And yet the players were the center of the world in the sense that we were the actual live people that were playing. Right. Now, we did have, I did see NPCs that had, you know, thousands of pages of lore Constantly telling you all this stuff about their world while you sat there and listened, right? And you were <laughs> thinking to yourself, what about us? What about the actual people that are playing, right? So, so right. You, 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 yes, it's not the heroic like it is. People talk about 5e or I guess 3.5 started that sort of uh, that uh, way of looking at the game. But if you're going to, here's the thing. You kill all the group in the tomb and you say, okay, we're going to start again, whether it's a new group of characters or over on the other side of the world. And we've just run all these characters for six months. What is going to be the enthusiasm level of those players, right? About they understand that in your world that you're running, hey, that you might have the total integrity. If you screw up, you're dead. We're going to start again. But they also might be like, hmm, 
maybe I want to invest six months or a year into something else that's more satisfying because I know I'm on the edge of my seat. Any Anytime we screw up, we're all dead, which a lot of people seem to think that's the greatest thing ever, and that really gives it some kind of uh, gritty verisimilitude or something. But for players to invest the time, because they're making an investment, and they want to pay off on that time investment. And if it's just everyone just dies because, hey, you screwed up. Because, again, you could turn right around with every GM and say, well, wait a minute. You didn't describe this that well. You didn't do this. You didn't do that. If they really want to be obnoxious, and you may say, hey, I did it. Here it is. But are, is there some culpability on your own part when you destroy your campaign that way? And that's what I'm saying. You say the players did it. But really, did they do it or did you all do it? So I just think, sure, I think failing upwards or failing in a way that's interesting is cool. And the players can get punished. They can lose all their stuff or you know, be projected into another dimension and it takes them weeks to get back. And that time right there, if they get go somewhere and they have to fight their way back and it takes five sessions, that's a punishment in a way because they're not doing the other things they want to do. They're still playing. They're still advancing their characters. But I just think it's a better idea for me. And maybe I'm a softie, although, like I said, I played back in those days and we had some cutthroat GMs for sure that played that true style. But most people, and people avoided their games, right? Because you just knew, like, John Blaken, if you're out there somewhere, that guy was the most cutthroat GM ever to live. And you're like, Blaken's world, oh my God. Well, and I think there's a big difference between a, uh, you know, the story's moving along, the, the players make a few mistakes, and there's a TPK and the campaign's over versus a player character being lost or as you say them just being they lose all their stuff they get teleported to a new place they they you know the the story can continue and i think that's it no matter what how you want to define things i think there is a story being built whether it's pre-written in something like a module or being built as you move forward through the world with the characters you know you you do want that continuity and it can be the continuity of at least somebody right like who in the group is the storyteller like in my hyperborea campaign one character made it all the way through the entire campaign, never died, but every other player took losses. Like some of them made, didn't die a lot. So when it comes down to it, if this was a set of novels, that novel was about that one character that survived, right? As long as there's some hope, there's some moving forward in the story, you can lose characters. Well, I'm definitely not saying that. And, you know, and I guess the idea of failing forward, I think, is easier when things are connected. If I go all the way back to the Call of Cthulhu thing I was talking about, because we were playing independent adventures, and even though they we strung it together with, you know, some in-between stuff, it nothing ever felt like it moved forward when we failed. It was like, well, you know what, cultists came up over here, and now we're over here doing the different task. But if you're in a campaign and the cultists burned down one city, you're still alive, and you can now use that to move the story forward, even though you failed. So it really comes down to what comes from this failure? Is it the end? Is it moving forward? And is it satisfying for everybody at the table, whether it's, you know, victory or defeat? Right. And I think an important thing about that, you know, the old uh, the famous historian who was asked to give his view, his overarching view of the course of world history. And he famously said, it's just one damn thing after another. Right. All these things happen and we think we know what's going to happen. And then all of a sudden, you know, oh, my God, we blundered our way into World War One. Well, World War One, it was a tragedy, but it wasn't the end of the world or World War Two or suddenly we have these atomic bombs. And what are we going to do with these? And. But we people adapt and they do things. So the cultists burning the temple. Okay, they got they they had a victory. What happens? What's going on? That's the idea of the campaign game in a D and D setting. And the homebrew sandbox is you evolve. Okay, the players failed here. Now, in a personal level, if you have this failure where they're trapped in a tomb, but they also fail on all sorts of other levels, right? They they fail to recognize this or whatever, and things happen. 
but that just makes more interesting things for them to to do right so and right. and and again there's a sense that it is one damn thing after another i got to do this now i got to do that but that's the way the world kind of is so failure is you know, that's how we learn our lessons, you know, uh, is by failing. We don't, if you're constantly winning, you're not, you're not necessarily learning as much as when you fail. It's just having those failures that are truly catastrophic and thinking, do I want to end things this way? You know, it's because it is a game when there are desires to have fun. Yeah, I, I think you're right. I think it's not that failure itself is bad. It's what is the result of the failure? If the, if the failure can move the story forward in an interesting way, even if not a, super I'm happy as a player at this moment way, but an interesting way, then that's, I think, a good failure. If it ends the campaign flat and in, in a way that's like, well, do we even want to bother with this anymore? I think that's a bad failure. And I think we want to try to shape the the, the world in a way that the good failures can happen more often than the bad, I guess. <laughs> you know, I don't ever fudge dice or change things or whatever, but at the same time, I do make sure that there's options, right? Rarely would I make it where the player characters are trapped somewhere where they're just going to die. Like that would be an incredibly unusual thing to happen in any of the worlds I create because if they're going down there exploring, there's something else down there too. So they're likely to run into another way in or out or other people down there they can interact with. So like my in my OD&D campaign, they're all over the place. They're plane hopping. They're nowhere near where they started because they went different ways and they couldn't go back. And so you could call that a failure or you could call that moving forward which is what we like to call it, I think. And that's how we'll end that. Thanks for listening. If you'd like to hear your voice on the show, give us a call. There's a link in the show notes. You can find us both on YouTube. Uh, Daniel is at Bandit's Keep, and I'm on D&D Homebrew, also linked in the show notes. If you'd like to support the show, please give us a rating and review on your favorite podcatcher, and we'll see you next week.